series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women. And I certainly have that with my guest today, Keisha Blair. Keisha, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. And I don't want to waste a second. I have so much I want to talk with you about. You have such an amazing life story. And as Erin, who introduced us, first put it, you're, you're really the embodiment of triumph over tragedy. Uh, could we start by sharing a bit about how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. And it all feels so surreal, you know, with the journey. And and so what happened was, uh, so I was widowed at age 31, just eight weeks after I had given birth to my second child. Uh, my husband died suddenly and tragically from a disease so rare, most doctors will never encounter it in their lifetime, only in textbooks. And so it's so rare that only one in one million people get it each year. And so they had to pull together a team of pathologists and experts from across the U.S. and Canada uh, to examine the case. It took them one year to find the cause. And so the journey really started there in terms of my writing and developing this framework called holistic wealth. And so, you know, after I'd taken some time to recover and, uh, you know, think about life and, and purpose and meaning, I drafted this article, which became viral and led to the first edition of the book, Holistic Wealth, which was published in 2019. And that's where I coined the term holistic wealth and the global movement um, really started there. So, um, you know, as the founder of the holistic wealth movement and the message, it's it's just been a tremendous privilege for me and an honor to share this with um, with the world and how we overcome disruptions and setbacks in life and kind of the framework that we need to do that. So that's basically how I got to this point. And as you know, the new and expanded version of the book was just released in March. Congratulations. Amazing. Thank you. And it's such an amazing uh, book, uh, this one too. And, and it's just a continuation of the journey and a continuation of helping, you know, people navigate these difficult times. There is a lot of need for that right now. I think let's start by understanding a little bit. What is holistic wealth? Yeah, sure. So holistic wealth is, um, you know, it embodies spiritual health, mental, emotional health, as well as uh, financial wellness, financial independence, life purpose and mission, your relationships. So all of those are critical pillars that actually help us become more resilient and they help us to navigate disruptions. And it's so funny that this new edition of the book really brings out the thesis of mastering the art of recovery from disruption even more. So I'm grateful for that. And, and that's why this concept is so important during these times, because it just feels like, you know, there's so much disruption everywhere. So this, yes, 100% there is, and it is so overwhelming for people. And a lot of people I talk to say they sort of feel this inertia because it everything just seems so unsettled and scary between COVID. And I mean, I don't even have to go into it because it's so obvious all the things. Now, this is a very broad question. So, but how do people recover from disruption? Yeah, I know. It's, it's amazing that that was the question I had when I went through that life-altering setback, when I went through that tragedy, and as a trained economist, 
I tend to think in frameworks and in systems and in how things are interconnected. And a lot of the lessons imparted in the book, if not all of them, all of them, you know, contribute to that. How do we master the art of recovery from disruption? And, and one of the big pieces of that is our mindset. And I think it requires a different, a, a certain mindset. You know, I talk about the holistic wealth mindset in the book that really empowers us. And it's not this mindset of, well, victim and blame and who didn't do what, you know, who didn't do what they were supposed to do and the government and whoever. It's this mindset that empowers us, you know, in setbacks. And it, it really allows us to, you know, embrace that power that we all have within us to overcome disruption. And so people with a holistic wealth mindset think about setbacks, not in permanent terms, but temporary. So we know this will pass. We know that there will be brighter days ahead, even though it seems so topsy-turvy now. It's, it's not permanent. And in the book, I list out all the characteristics of the holistic wealth mindset. You know, there's gratitude in there in terms of thinking about just daily miracles around us. Um, you know, we're grateful for life. We're grateful to be able to share these moments together and to strengthen each other. So the holistic wealth mindset and embracing a mindset that empowers you is critical in terms of getting over disruption. Living intentionally by design is also another aspect of that. And so in the book, I talk about the holistic wealth method, because I remember when I went through my tragedy too, like I kept thinking, what are the things that will enrich me versus the things that will deplete me? And during a disruption, it's easy to feel depleted all the time. You almost feel bankrupt. As you said, we, we lapse into this state of inertia. Everything feels like it's happening to us and we feel powerless. So once we start to reclaim that power on a daily basis, in an intentional way, so for instance, when we think about people or we think about the holistic wealth method, it can be applied to our decision-making every day. So like, is this empowering me? Is this an addition to my holistic wealth bank account? Eating, you know, certain foods, exercising, hanging out with people who enrich us, who empower us, who are positive uh, versus negative people who will probably make us feel more down and dreary and sad. All of these things that we decide on a daily basis are crucial to how we navigate disruption because, you know, our relationships are important, how we enrich our health, our daily decisions around what we eat, how we exercise, you know, whether we, um, you know, do those activities, journaling, things that make us feel more positive, more enriched. And that's also a critical part of how we overcome disruption. It's so funny. Um, those are two big pieces that we can all start implementing on a daily basis in terms of changing the mindset, thinking about how do I intentionally, um, you know, go about my day so that I'm not feeling depleted, um, but I'm feeling enriched. And each of us makes 36,000 decisions every single day. So can you imagine in a state of disruption, the world seems topsy-turvy, that we need to make those decisions strategically and mindfully. So mindfulness is also a big part of how we navigate disruption. It's also almost a whole chapter in the book in terms of living mindfully and being careful about how our thoughts, you know, drift off into things and into territory that we don't want to be in. You know, painful thoughts and painful experiences and the things that you know, were, happened to us that 
you know, led to, to, to whatever tragedy it was or, or, or whatever circumstance. And so that's also key. But every single chapter in that book, I kid you not, is basically geared towards helping us master the art of recovery from disruption. So in terms of living intentionally, which I think people were forced to do that during the pandemic in a way that they hadn't really examined their lives. I mean, it's everywhere. The great resignation, people, you know, are thinking what's important to me, even for me, I I mean, for years, I'm so excited. This is the 10th year of this podcast and I have interviewed hundreds of amazing women. Wow. I used to look at it when I thought who I wanted on my to talk with. I looked at success very differently than I do today. You know, it really was, well, what kind of position do they? I sort of was conditioned. I always think, oh, I'm such a different kind of thinker. And then I realized when I look back at, and they were amazing women, but I really was looking at very, very traditional, you know, categories of what equals success. So broadening that also is so important. Um, Well, let me ask you this before I ask my other question. What does success in terms of living intentionally look like to you? Yeah, absolutely. And you're so right, you know, in terms of your observation and your experience that you just laid out, Uh, you know, and, and and I do tackle that in the book, like head on from the introduction, because what I realized, and I think this is key in terms of you know, living in a disruptive world, that the old metric of success defined by our wealth, defined by our net worth solely, as you know, many of us have seen, that's so outdated. It doesn't really help us navigate disruption because part, the other critical pillars of holistic wealth, like our mental and emotional health, how healthy we are with our relationships, you know, having that work-life balance and being able to really be authentic to the life we want to live and how we want to share with our kids and our family and that critical time. Uh, you know, when we think of that traditional notion of success and that traditional notion of wealth, it's kind of in misalignment with all of those parts that I just named. And it doesn't really make us more resilient. It doesn't really make us more able to master the art of recovery from disruption because when a disruption comes, that's not the thing, that critical ingredient that's going to save us. It's not the title. It's not the salary. It's not sometimes not even the net worth. It's how healthy we are as individuals. I think COVID really brought that out And it's how healthy we are with our relationships, depending on what the disruption is, right? So I think this is something we need to even start passing on to our kids because they need to understand that, yes, uh, you know, we used to think about, you know, title and salary and things like that as like, yeah, that's the person who's successful. That's the person who made it. But we don't know what's going on underneath and we don't know what they're struggling with. We've heard of suicides going up and some notable individuals, even throughout COVID-19, who seem to have these wonderful, wealthy lives, uh, were, taking, were taking their lives. And so it's, it's important for us to realize that, yes, a critical part of holistic wealth is that financial independence piece. And I, I speak about financial independence rather than, let's say, reaching the top of an organization or reaching to CEO. Because I think all of us, especially women, we're realizing, you know what, that was never really what I wanted. So even if I could reach there, I'm thinking, you know what, what's better for me is 
being financially independent, being able to walk away if I need to, being able to walk away if I need a career break, being able to walk away if I, if I feel burnt out. And I think we're all there right now where we realize that that traditional notion was more of, well, for some, a major barrier and for others, like a tightrope. Like, I mean, I've been, you know, successful professionally as well. I've been to the highest levels and, you know, advised prime ministers and, but like the, the point is that though, all of these pieces that I just referenced really combine to make us more uh, holistically wealthier and, and more able to navigate, you know, this period of disruption. Well, let's talk. I mean, we're focusing very much on, on this and I, I want to, but I mean, you have had an amazing career. We haven't even really talked about that at all. And can you just give a tiny bit of you know, some of your career. And then I'd love to get into as a backdrop to you giving some financial advice to us. So can you just talk a little bit about your career? Because it's been so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, when I started out, I mentioned that I'm a trained economist and a policy expert. And so I was part of the prime minister of Canada's supporting delegation to the World Economic Forum in 2018 to the East Asia Summit in 2019 and part of some critical files as it relates to the most powerful woman summit held in Montreal and the Fortune Global Forum, where, as you mentioned before, lots of these Fortune 500 CEOs come together and celebrate, you know, achievements and successes. So, and of course, I've, I've had to travel around the world as part of these supporting delegations, you know, briefing and giving advice in terms of um, you know, critical policy initiatives and, and diplomatic meetings. So that for me has been the highlight, to be honest. It's been the highlight of my career. I would have changed nothing about that. Like I wouldn't give that, you know, give that up for anything. It, it's been part of the journey. And it's also enriched me in, in terms of this message of woman empowerment, because part of the work I did was, was um, women's economic empowerment. So that's a big passion for me, especially because I was widowed so young and I've seen the potential impacts that it, it could have had if I, if I weren't financially independent. Because at the time I was, um, and I know we're going to get into kind of the financial pieces as you mentioned, but that was what saved me. That was what gave me the opportunity to take that break when I needed it, to be able to walk away for, a year to be able to say, well, you know what, I think I need to take a sabbatical, refresh, you know, renew and think about my life purpose. And that's why it's such a critical part to a holistic wealth. I completely agree. And, and I had shared with you, I was divorced. I was a single mom. I actually ended up paying child support and alimony, even though I basically had my kids, but I could have never walked away from a marriage that didn't feel right for me if I didn't have some financial independence. And so it is so, so important. So can we talk a little bit about some financial tips for women? It, it amazes me that I won't go into details, but I have several friends who are incredibly well-educated, smart, had terrific careers, gave that away to raise their kids, which is a very noble thing to do also, but then got divorced and ended up in a terrible position, having never really thought about what their finances should be. So can you give us a couple of things to think about um, for women when it comes to finances? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's so true, you know, those observations that you just mentioned. And that's why I emphasize becoming financially independent rather than, say, just aiming for the top. Right. Uh, because uh, you can lose a job, you can lose your spouse, you can lose your family. What you want to be able to do is to be in a position where if something, if, if the bottom falls out tomorrow, uh, you know, you can be okay financially until, of course, you decide again that, you know, you'll go back to work or, or if you don't want to, you don't have to. And so, you know, the parts of the book that speak to building that financial independence portfolio, it's a whole section of the book, uh, speaks to things like getting out of debt and, you know, long-term investing. And I think those are two critical pieces for women, especially as women are less confident in their money decisions and they're more likely to go into retirement less prepared than men. And it's so, you know, on balance, that situation, because women tend to outlive their husbands. And most of us will go through our retirement years, you know, single. At some point, we become, we become single. And so it's critical for us to plan ahead, to invest wisely, to get out of debt, to budget wisely, and to save. And there is a chapter in the book about embracing your personal financial identity, which I think is also critical for women. Uh, and that's a whole chapter in the book. And there's a free quiz available on the Institute on Holistic Wealth website there. It's, it takes two minutes. And that's also one area that I find that we have lots of gaps and, and blind spots because we, we go into adulthood really just, you know, adopting money habits of the significant people around us. And we never really think about, well, what's my financial identity? What do I believe in, in terms of my money values? What, what do I think about the way I'm spending and investing? And so it could be a spouse or, or parents or some other significant other, but we're, we're kind of, you know, um, not necessarily always tempted to follow the crowd, but we adopt or we adapt, uh, you know, money values from those around us. So those are some critical pieces, especially as we're in a, a period of high inflation and everybody's thinking about the cost of living, which is top of mind. But I think those are really good things in addition to thinking about, you know, that financial independence piece and having additional sources of income coming in, which also helps with, um, you know, that financial independence piece. So taking a step back, if someone wants to start putting living more intentionally, and they haven't really done that. Is there, are there one or two things where they can start, you know, do they sit down and reevaluate? Do they meditate every day? Where do you start? Yeah. So some micro steps that I always tell people in terms of achieving holistic wealth, and you can start this today are things like, and yes, meditation and, and, and yoga, that's always good, uh, but outlining a personal mission for yourself. So think about, you know, like, what would my legacy be? You know, if, if I were to die tomorrow, what, what would I want, you know, my legacy to be? And, and, and in the book, there's a whole chapter on personal missions. And think about your personal mission statement and start writing down values that align with, with, with who you want to be. So aspirational values and qualities that you, you, you want, you know, incorporated into that personal mission statement. And that's a critical piece I find for like, you know, outlining a, a bold and encompassing vision for our lives. And then the, the other piece is aligned with what I was talking about earlier, which has to do with your personal financial identity. I feel like that's something quick and easy that we can all do in terms of 
identifying what that is, so like taking the quiz and then starting to think about, you know, um, our money values and our personal money stories and, and how we want to craft that money story going forward. Because it doesn't have to be what it was like before. It can be a completely different aspirational money story for what, for what you want for your life. And those are quick things in addition to, as you mentioned, the meditation piece and, you know, um, relationships and things that we can do on a daily basis intentionally to enrich our, our lives. That's amazing. So I can't believe we're, we're done. I, I have so much more to ask you, but I do want to ask one more question and you've given us so much good advice today. Is there one piece of advice specifically that has helped guide you through your life and your career that you can please share with us? Yeah, like I, I remember seeing it in the book. Uh, I think it was from my mom who's been so instrumental in my life and even in how I navigated disruption personally. And, you know, it was kind of something like she said it. She said to me, you know, chant your slogan, like chant it. Whenever times get tough and whenever you feel like you're not making it, tell yourself, I can, I will, and I must. And I, you know, I, I, I have that in the book as, you know, advising readers to do it. I remember when I did my leadership um, training at Harvard and my professor said, your team, each team needs to outline a slogan and a chant, come up with a chant. And that's one thing that has guided me through disruption. You know, I can, I will, and I, I must get through this. And, and I've embraced that. <laughs> and it's made me, you know, feel immediately more empowered that, you know, that power lies within me to change my circumstance. Well, that's, that's truly amazing. So if people want to buy your book, if they want to follow you on social, where should they go? Absolutely. So the book is available online everywhere. It's on Amazon. It's on Target. Uh, it's available pretty much everywhere. And it's in bookstores. Barnes & Noble, um, Target has it. If you're in Canada, Indigo Chapters has it. And lots of independent bookstores are also carrying the book. So if you want to you know, support your local indie stores, that's also great. And so on social media, I'm at Keisha O'Blair on Instagram and Twitter and uh, Keisha Blair author on Facebook. And I love hearing from everyone. And my personal uh, website is KeishaBlair.com. So readers and listeners can reach out and tune in, subscribe to the Holistic Wealth Podcast with Keisha Blair. It's a weekly podcast that also helps you to become holistically wealthy with tips and other amazing people that share lessons about overcoming disruption in their own lives. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. It was amazing being here. Thank you.